Welcome to the Adoptive Dad Playbook. Sit back, relax, and grab a beverage with your host, David Bischlein. Good day, men. Hope everyone is doing well. Hope everyone's staying safe in this COVID time. Welcome to our second episode of the Adoptive Dad Playbook. Today's episode is called Out of Order. Our first guest is going to be a gentleman named Les Lundin. Little disclaimer. This episode was taped when we did have a referral at the time, and also my wife was going to be a guest. That will happen eventually, but just not right now. So I hope you guys all enjoy this episode with Les. He does a great job. He is a biological and foster father. Enjoy. All right. Well, today's guest on the Adoptive Dad Playbook is a gentleman I've known for quite a few years. Uh, I didn't learn his real name until many years later, or his full name. (laughs) He is a 28-year veteran youth minister at Southland Christian Church in South Springfield, Missouri. He is a foster and biological father, husband, holiday decoration master. I think he has three storage units of holiday gear. That is none other than Leslie Les Lundin. Thank you for coming on, Les. Good to be here. Good to be here. How are uh, how are you doing today? We are recording this on November fourth, uh, so this is the day after the presidential election. So uh, by the time this gets put on, it, probably the results will have been known, but currently they are unknown at this point in time. I don't. Know, I stayed up late thinking that I would know who our president was, and uh, about one thirty, I gave up the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I stayed up too late myself. About eleven thirty at that point. Uh, it was not worth staying up for because uh, everything was either counted or not counted at that time. So uh, I will give you a little backstory. I've known Les. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Les didn't like me the first time. He <laughs> and that's probably a theme you'll hear a lot on this podcast is that many people didn't like me until he got to know me. Is that fair to say, Les? I, I think it is. I remember the first time uh, I, met, I think we were having uh, a final four. No. The champion, the NCAA championship. Oh, that's game. right. That's right. Yes. And uh, we invited a bunch of college students, and I was like, "Who is this loud, obnoxious person in my living room?" You have to. Was it Kansas? Was was it Kansas? Was yeah. the team playing too? So he Les is from Wichita originally, <laughs> so he's a huge KU fan, and I I was being very annoying. No very, arguments there. Very very. So, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I come to know who you are. Um, what a good guy. Well, don't say anything that isn't true. You know, I, here's the thing. I think Greta softened you. So she did. I, I think she made you into the person you were supposed to be. I appreciate that. I was a youth. I helped out less. I even got my class D or whatever I needed to drive the van. And we would go to the wax museum. Uh, uh, and just so the story does get out, I did take the youth group kids to the Krispy Kreme dumpster and get the donuts out of there. That is a true story. And they loved it. We took like two trash bags full of Krispy Kreme donuts taken from like Price Cutter or whatever it's called now. And uh, they loved that. You remember that? Uh, Kendall Woldridge brought that up last night. It was. Uh, I mean, you just never know what impression you're going to make. It's very true. So Trashy, <laughs> trashy people. Uh, so first thing, uh, as you guys heard in the last episode, we do some warm-up questions, kind of keeping on theme. So, Les, currently, what is your drink of choice currently right now? What are you drinking? Oh, 
Okay, so uh, I looked in the mirror. I noticed I am like Pillsbury dough. And so uh, I have been doing diet Dr. Pepper with a splash of cherry. Okay. Yeah, because I, I mean, out of all the diet drinks, that's like the, the closest to a real drink. I gotcha. So, yeah, that, that's where I'm at right now. What is your favorite dad joke? Do you have one? I guess you're not a big dad joke guy. Do you have? No, one? I'm really not. Um, what's funny is like I had to come up with a bunch of jokes the other day. In fact, you know me. I bet you I can pull one out of my head. Oh, I'm sure you can. All right. What does the White House use when the main facts is broken down? I don't know. Alternative facts. All right, that's good. We got that one. That's all we needed. All right. <laughs> Today was one. All right. <laughs> Here's the one that uh, I really think that dads will relate to. What is the one thing that annoys your wife and or your kids the most? What's the one thing that really annoys your kids and or your wife? Oh, man. I mean, where do I, where do I start? Um, I, there's so many things that annoy them. Um <laughs> I mean, Kristen's probably got to have a few on you there, I'm sure. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, man. I mean, there, there are so many. Um, but why can't I think of one? Well, that's all right. All right, so let me ask, so, what do you, what's your TV show or book that you're reading right now? What's your TV show that you're... Um, okay, so I just finished um, <laughs> this horrible title, Killing Jesus. Ah. Uh, and then uh, there's a whole series. And then I, I read uh, Killing Lincoln. Ah. And, I mean, as a history teacher, I, you'd love that book. I mean, it is unbelievable. Um, and then <laughs> I guess a guilty pleasure uh, TV show that we watch. One that Chris and I watch get is Superstore. Okay. You ever watch it? Uh, we are. That's probably the next thing we will watch. We are okay. currently, we're watching The Good Place right now. That's the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh just, just silliness. I, <laughs> I like Superstore. I find myself going to Walmart like at least once every other day, and you know, you you don't know the life of people, you know. But I'm thinking Superstore would probably be really close to some of the people that work at Walmart. I don't know. Uh, you have to go onto the People of Walmart. I'd say there's a website where they pictures. <laughs> I have. I have. My eyes are scarred. Ah. All right. So last last warm up question. You have one afternoon with no kids and no wife. What are you doing? Oh, man. Um, what, am I doing? what do I want to do or what am I usually doing? Well, let's say, what do you want to do? You, you can do anything for an afternoon. You know, what would you do? Uh, I'd probably take in, like if movie theaters were still open, I'd probably take in like a matinee. Okay. Yeah, you are a yeah. big movie guy. I am. I am. Uh, I haven't been Is to a theater. Long time. Has that been hard on you not going to the movies? I actually no. I mean, I, I wish there were movies that were out. I wish there were. I wish there was actually something streaming that you could watch. <clears throat> but no. Whenever, whenever they come back, they'll come back strong, and you know, hopefully, hopefully, theaters will come back. That's hope. I know that. I know that. Um, I think the new James Bond movie. I think they shopped that around. I think MGM wanted. I think around $600 million. I think Netflix and Hulu, whoever was bidding for it, offered maybe 150, 200 million. It's a pretty big difference. Yeah. 
that's a big deal. So the, the reason we got you on is because you are a father, you're a father, number one, but you're also an adopted father. And I know your journey a little bit. Well, I think our listeners would love to hear because your journey is a little different than a lot of uh, other journeys uh, because you adopted a little older than, than a lot of, a lot of people do. So why don't you share your foster journey? And I guess, which would lead us into your adoption journey and kind of maybe who was it you or Kristen that kind of started the ball who kind of started that process um I would say probably her um when when we 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 have a biological son and um our pregnancy was going well with Hayden uh up until uh about the 24th week um and then uh, we, we had some issues and then Hayden came early and uh, I remember um, being at the hospital because Hayden was in the NICU and Kristen was um, in critical care as well. Uh, she developed a, 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 what is called, oh, can't think of the name of it. I mean, I anyway. remember, I remember that she had that some issues because we were going to church at Southland at the time when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I, she, she wasn't doing well either. <clears throat> and, oh, it's called help syndrome. And um, so she was, she was having a hard time. He was having a hard time. Um, we actually left the hospital with Hayden in the NICU. Um, but at that time she was so weak that she, she couldn't even nurse or take care of a child. Um, so later, uh, when we did bring Hayden home, uh, we went to the doctor and the doctor kind of said, well, uh, congratulations on, uh, birth of Hayden, but I need to let you guys know if you guys decide to have children again, it will look pretty much the same. And, um, so I didn't want to do anything that would put her health at risk again, because that was really scary. It was. Uh, so we decided we were we're going to look into adoption, and um, you know I, in the back of my head, and maybe probably at the time in the back of her head, uh, we were looking for an infant, <laughs> um, and then uh, my wife is a teacher, and she teaches kindergarten, and she teaches in a pod with five or six other teachers, and one of the teachers came up to her and she said, hey. Um, are you aware that Javen is in foster care? And she goes, yeah, yeah. Well, those, those parents are going to get out of foster care and they're looking for a new home. And um, I know that you guys have different plans, but I thought maybe you guys would like the opportunity to foster Javen. And so Kristen would come home and she'd talk about her students. And most of the time when she talks about students, she's only talking about the ones who have bad behavior because those are the ones that just drive her crazy. Reach it. Yeah, yeah you're and She kept uh, talking about this. Who is this Javen kid? And she goes, well, I'll show you a picture. And she was talking about how he uh, is in a foster home and uh, needs to, uh, or a foster family, needs to go to another family. And uh, she showed me a picture of him and was like, well, great kid. Who wouldn't love this kid? And uh, next thing you know, we're we're doing a home study. We're going to 
uh, adoption classes or going to foster classes. And uh, I mean, next thing he's, he's in our home. It sounds a lot, <laughs> I paraphrase that it sounds faster and more magical than it really was. But um, how many years, how long did it take you from the, from the moment you started the process to kind of adoption? Was that three years? Uh, yeah, between two and a half, three years, probably for the time he was in our home. Uh, and from the time that he was actually adopted it was a little under three years. Yeah. What, um, to me, I think what's so awesome about your story is that your wife, Kristen had a child that she was in, 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 in her class. Cause Jamin was in kindergarten, correct? When you, when you, yeah, he, not, I thought he was in kindergarten. Not in her classroom, the next door class. Right, but he, she, but he saw, she saw him and she had that heart and that willingness. Yes. That. Yes. And I like the fact to me that it is very similar to what Brett and I are going through. It's not always what you expect. Um, <laughs> tell you the true. truth on that. But I, you know, I've known Javen since as long as you've had him and he's really just grown to be quite the young man. It's been 13 years now, just about that. You no, it wouldn't be quite 12 years. Well, he's, he uh, came to live with us when he was six, and now he's 18. Man, gee, many Christmas. <laughs> what What was it? So you went through foster classes first. Yes. So what was that like? What was that process? Or what did you take away? What was maybe your main takeaway from that? Um, I, I felt like they were really helpful in, in the sense of uh, preparing you, uh, of, you know, the possible trauma a child has gone through. Um, and there were some things that were kind of hard to hear. Um, I, I think uh, the hardest thing was uh, attachment disorder um, because, you know, you have to understand as, as adoptive parents, we, we come to a point in our lives where we decided this is what we want to do. Well, it's taken years for us to get there. And then when we approach a, a young person who we'd like to adopt, they haven't had that same process. They haven't had that, that same life experience. And so um, they're not where you're at. <laughs> I think and, the one thing that really shook me was when you, I don't know if it was adoption or foster classes, when you told me, and this is what you said was, kind of shook you to the core was no matter how much you love them, no matter how much you uh, want to, want to, they're never, they're always going to wonder why they weren't loved. Is that, am I paraphrasing that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that, that's so hard. That's so hard, but you have to think about your own situation. You know, think about the love that you have for your parents. Um, And you've, you've had that time to allow that, that love to nurture and mature. And they're always thinking in the back of their heads, what if, what happened? Was I not good enough? Uh, would they still love me? Um, and uh, the, the one thing that, that we allowed happen, um, about 16 years of age, Javen found his mom uh, with the gift of the internet. Um, Javen was able to locate his mom uh, and other family members and he wanted to meet her and we decided that would be something we'd let him do when he's 18 um, but at the same time 
knowing who she is, we had some reservation. Knowing who she is made us feel a lot better about letting him meet her. Um, the only repercussions is, um, you know, we know this isn't who he thinks she is. And it, it really wouldn't matter how much we'd explained to him who she was. Um, he had to, he had to figure it out for himself. And, um, what he did, I, I think, um, I think it was really hard for him. Um, and uh, unfortunately we live in an age of addiction and the truth of the story was she chose addiction over her children and some patterns just never change. I wish they would. Um, I would, I would love for him to have a relationship with her, but it will probably never be healthy. Does he have a relationship with his siblings? Is by his uh, biological siblings? Uh, an older brother, a younger brother, and a younger sister. And um, he has uh, communication with his younger brother and his younger sister. Um, but we've we've yet to locate his older brother. But we've met grandma and grandpa. Um, we have met uh, two of his uncles. Uh, and they're, they're all fine people. Um, in fact, uh, Javen's younger brother was adopted um, by a, another family in ministry. And so uh, I, I love the opportunities we have to meet with him just because he's, he's such a good kid. Do you, do you feel that him meeting them has made it more difficult? on him or has it helped him kind of heal a little bit? And I guess kind of piggybacking off of that a little bit, how has it been for you and Kristen? Has that been a challenge for you both? I think, um, I, again, I, I I don't know what he, his preconceived idea of, of who his, his mom was going to be like, um, but it, it is to the point where uh, he does not want a relationship with her. Um, and I remember uh, we, we always meet in these neutral places and um, he wanted to sit uh, in between his, his biological mom and, and Kristen and said, uh, you, you are to me, you are, and he said her name, but this is my mom this is the one who chose to love me. And I think for Kristen that that needed to be said uh, because um, I, I kind of felt like she, with this quest of finding biological mom, she was afraid where that would go and where her relationship would be with him. So I think it was really helpful for her to hear him say that. That's it's interesting. I've I've read a lot of or read and listened to podcasts about you know families that almost have a relationship with the biological mother, especially, and I always find that super interesting or just how awesome that relationship would be. Because thinking about my own, you know, whenever my daughter gets to come home, that I don't I mean it's a little different in our situation, but your situation where they she lives in that area, I don't I don't know, yeah. but. I, you know, my, my cousin, for example, is adopted and uh, 
I don't think that he has ever had a chance to meet his biological parents or his mother, at least. So that is a huge step. I'm sure for Kristen, that had to have been just like a, a weight. I guess I hate to use the word weight, but almost a reaffirmation of that she's done the right thing a little bit. I'm sure probably a little bit, or at least that's probably not the right word, but just a real positive thing for her to hear. Right. I, right. I don't know how else to put it. When So Javen was a little older. What and you kind of adopted out of birth order, which, you know, a lot of people say don't do that. Have you found that more challenging? Like, I guess you didn't really know him before, but has the way you raised Javen, the way you raised Hayden, has that cha- been a lot different? Have you had to do different things? And, and if so, I mean, what's a couple of things you've had to do differently? <laughs> well, okay. So uh, in foster care, uh, there are a lot of rules of what you can and can't do. Uh, as far as discipline. And so, um, unfortunately for Javen, like he came into our home and it was, it's just kind of like, nope, stop. Don't touch that. Oh, time out. Oh, time out again, because you did this. Um, and, and some of those work, sometimes they don't work. Um, and in our home, we have Javen who has to kind of figure out things for himself. And then there's Hayden, who is a, a rule follower. Yes. And so, they are <laughs> two worlds apart when it comes to discipline. Um, and I remember uh, the day that Javen was adopted, uh, we went to the courthouse and then we were going to go celebrate. Um, and <laughs> uh, we, we dressed up to go to court and then we went back to the house after the adoption was over and uh, we just got in some casual clothes and we're going to go to a, uh, incredible pizza company, do some games and eat pizza. And uh, I was in the car and I was like, well, Javen, how does it feel that your last name is officially Londine? And he's like, it feels good. And then Hayden turns to him with a straight face and he says, are you going to behave now? <laughs> How old was Hayden when he said that? How old was he? He was, he was probably about four or five. That sounds like Hayden. He's yeah. like, you better start behaving yourself. You're ruining it yeah. for me. So, yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I think this would be true. Even if all your kids are biological, uh, some, some of them just, just respect things differently. Um, and, I know, I know for Javen, it, it's like uh, direct, redirect, direct, redirect. Hayden, you know, sometimes we don't even have to say anything just because he's already seen what's expected. So um, <laughs> that may not always be fair. Uh, I know for my oldest brother, uh, he got into a lot of trouble. And so I was able to figure things out just because he got in trouble for things. So I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to do that. So that that's um that's interesting that or 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 it made me become more sneaky i don't know yes you caught so i have a feeling that my (laughs) my youngest biological son will be mr sneaky i think (laughs) timothy will be mr sneaky so looking at it from a dad's perspective how do you feel raising a child that's not biologically owned have you ever comparatively with hayden do you ever feel different as it ever affect you? Do you ever even think about it? Um, you know, what's funny is like, I can really relate to Javen because like, 
even even his physical appearance is almost as if he was born from us. It's true. Um, and uh, some of his uh, some of his personality blends well with our family. So I mean, I. I'm at the point now where, I mean, I don't even think about it. Um, now Hayden is, uh, kind of, um, I mean, puberty hit that kid. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's taller than I am. He's, his voice is lower. And, um, uh, sometimes when he stands next to me, you know, I'll, I'll hear people say, wow, you can definitely tell he's your child. And so, you know, there's, to me, I think he's a great mix between me and Kristen. Um, I feel like I physically, I think Javen and I look more alike. Uh, but then uh, as Hayden has grown up, I mean, th- there's no question. <laughs> that is true. Chris, uh, Kristen and Hayden, at least for a long time, that was the, the she and him looked very similar and he didn't like yeah. any like you. But then Javen does look a little bit more, more like you. Do you feel like, cause Javen's he's 19, right? He's 18. Now. He's 18. Excuse me. He just graduated. I know. Uh, does, do you feel that now that he's 18 and considered an adult is his adoption is, is his foster care experience still affecting him in, in more outward ways or is he kind of outgrown it? I guess is the question. Oh, I think he outgrown it early. I honestly do. Yeah. Um, now in some ways um, I feel like uh, he's, he's ahead of the game and has a lot of things figured out. And then there are some things uh, where I can tell that um, he still needs a little bit of nurturing. Um, He, he decided uh, for this semester uh, to work instead of going to school. Um, And quite honestly, uh, with things that are kind of (laughs) happening this particular school year, I think that'd be fine because I'm afraid a lot of his classes would probably be online. And I'm not sure he would be really disciplined to get those things done. I think an in-person class would probably be the best thing for him. Uh, But he is working. He's working full time. He loves it. Um, So uh, as long as he's, you know, (laughs) making good choices and, um, uh, hanging around good people and working hard, saving. I, 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 I think he's, I think he's doing just fine. So when you guys adopted, how did it affect your marriage? What's something maybe you, that you noticed maybe when you adopted differently than when you had, Hey, now you understand Hayden was, you know, his birth was very challenging, but what was a stress that was put on your marriage comparatively? Yeah, I, you know, I will, I will let anyone know if you're adopting a child, um, your, your marriage will be affected. I mean, um, there, there are times in your marriage, you will have to come together and you'll have to agree. And, um, you know, (laughs) this, this is the one area you have to agree. You have to agree on how are you going to discipline and, um, what are you going to allow or not allow? Um, and I, I would say probably the first couple months that uh, Jamie was in our home, he was great. But then he began to test the waters of, you know, a honeymoon you, period. 
do you really love me crash do you really love me break you know and it's like oh, okay here we go um and there were times where we would just look at each other and like what are we doing what uh, does it get better it's got to get better um and i think probably more than anything that reinforced us because we were forced to be agreeable um but it's not hard it, i mean it's not easy at all <laughs> uh, and you know and those kinds of things happen at the most inconvenient moments well, of um, course uh, like like when you're getting ready to walk out and go to school and someone has an absolute tantrum or you know um someone refuses to put shoes on right before you're going into church. You know, I'm still like those, it's just those chaotic, crazy things that happen um, that you, <laughs> you're not prepared for, but you just have to do it. Uh, that's, that's, that's with any child, I would say, especially my own three. Uh, so if you have a billboard, like if you could put a billboard up in Springfield, Missouri, where you live about, adopting or fostering for dads, what would you put on there? Well, what would it say? What's, you know, I I think for any dad, (laughs) I think it would probably be like, accept the challenge. Um, And and here's, here's the thing, like, It, it takes a lot to be a dad. Um, and it's, it's something you just can't walk into. Um, I mean, you well, have to stay well, the course basically, right? You well, can't give without up. Forethought. Um, <laughs> well, uh, it's kind of funny. Um, a while back, Javen said that um, he wanted a puppy and um, I, of course, you know, I'm allergic to dogs. So I'm like, I don't know. Allegedly, allegedly allergic. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, he kept pushing for it, push, pushing for it. I'm like, but you are never here. Like you don't ever clean your room. Your clothes can never actually find the hamper. Do you realize this is a lot of responsibility? Um, I mean, and you can't bring that responsibility into our home because that becomes our responsibility, not just yours. And I, I think, I think if there is a, a billboard, I mean, it would just be, you know, uh, accept the challenge, you know, step up. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's kind of why I started this podcast going through this. There's a guys always kind of, it's always the rap that they don't really want to do it. It's always the wife that starts or the mom that wants to start the process. And so it's great to hear that. I think many times fathers think they can't raise someone else's child, quote unquote, but I, I don't believe that at all. And especially hearing you talk, it's been fantastic. So the time, what was the, what was the moment when you, when did Javen start calling you dad? Well, and was that moment a special moment or was it just kind of like, eh, an everyday moment? Um, well, I, when he first used it, um, I, I was, I was very touched, but I mean, he, he was really young uh, he's affectionate to everybody. That's true. I, I can say that for a fact. He is. He's very, very, he's always been really nice to me. I mean, you know, a six-year-old Javen, I mean, if he met you for the first time, if he thought you were going to give him any kind of attention at all, he'd just sit on your lap. It's very true. 
Yeah. I, I know and, for a fact. Yes. And hi, how are you? Do you have a phone? Does your phone have games? I mean, so it, yeah, to answer your question, uh, it melted my heart, but at the same time, um, he, he would have been uh, the same affectionate to just anyone in his life at that time. As, as we wrap up the fifth down questions, as I call them, as we wrap up, what is your favorite thing you do with your children or either one, or what's one thing you really enjoy doing with them? Uh, you know, just spending any kind of time for Javen, it was uh, going to his football games and his soccer games. He actually played indoor soccer uh, into his senior year and, and loved it. Um, for, for Hayden, uh, I, I am quite the musician, uh, but this kid uh, is able to compose is able to play any instrument you put in front of him. Um, he is on the academic team, the math team, National Honor Society, took the ACT as a seventh grader. I mean, just a smart kid. Um, last night, um, we got a map out. This is how nerdy we are. We got a map out of the United States. And as the results were coming in, we were coloring in the states. And it was just kind of fun to just share that excitement and um, finally, at one o'clock, I said, Hayden, you're going to be a bear to wake up in the morning. Uh, so you, you need to lay down. And James like, Dad, why would you deny him this? This is history. And it was like, uh, because you're not the one waking him up in the morning. <laughs> so The question was, was he a bear this morning? Was he challenging to get up for school? Uh, he was, yes. <laughs> so uh, the prophecy fulfilled. <laughs> so I don't know, just just any time that I can spend with my, my kids, you know, they both have vast different interests. Um, but just having the, the, the moment to, to share those, those football games, soccer games, concerts, even nerdy stuff. What is the, uh, what has probably been your biggest struggle being a dad? What's the one thing you struggle with that other, maybe other dads could relate to that maybe they don't talk about, but they struggle with. Um, Making intentional time because, you know, uh, work can really drain you. Um, well, especially being a youth pastor like you, youth minister, where you give and just give to kids all the yeah. time. And, and, you're, and you're constantly doing things for other kids that I can only imagine for you. Yeah, I, I think the hardest thing is just making sure my time is intentional. Um, I, even taking Hayden to school this morning, uh, we drove and we were halfway to the school when I realized I didn't need to turn on the radio. And I'm like, you know what? Isn't isn't it good just to have a little bit of quiet? <laughs> I, I, yeah. and, and you know, even though even though we didn't really say much on the ride, um, it was just like, let's just let's just take in because as soon as you get out of the car, craziness starts. So let's just enjoy this quiet. <laughs> you kind of answered the next question that was the most rewarding part. I you kind of answered that. I think just seeing you with your with your sons has been phenomenal. Just how much you love on them. I I would say is that probably the most rewarding part. Just getting to spend that time and see them grow. But it is, yeah, yeah. So on this adoption foster journey, what has probably been the most surprising aspect that just kind of really came out of nowhere? Either can be a positive or a negative or just in general. You know, I think um, for me is there is nothing greater. Um, in, in everything that you do, um, 
you know, you can work very hard. You can, you can work really smart. Uh, you can accomplish great things, but there is nothing greater than seeing Jesus through the eyes of your own kids. And when you see them begin to grow and understand and have some of those aha moments of, of who Christ is and how he works in their lives, that is the most rewarding thing. I, I know I had the chance to, to baptize my older two, Josh and Luke. So that was really special. And so uh, it is, it is. And all right, last question. What's the best advice you could give to a dad that's pondering foster adoptive care? I would, you know, I, I think forums like this are helpful. Um, you, you're going to receive a lot of help from going to the adoption classes. Um, they're very informative. But the one thing that we noticed, we were in an adoption support group in our own church. Everyone's journey is different. No one, no one has the same story. Uh, some people still have contact with biologicals. Some don't. Uh, some kids were abused. Some weren't. Some are uh, domestic adoptions. Some are even local, uh, like in, in your, your, your case. Uh, some are international. Uh, I have a brother-in-law and sister-in-law who adopted three young men from Haiti. I mean, everybody's story is different. And I think the more you can get in touch with other people who have adopted. And here's a great thing. Most, most parents are open books. Like it, it, it's not like we received a care manual and we've read it, known it, took a test on it and we know everything we're, we're figuring this out for ourselves. And so we don't want anyone else to feel like they don't have the answers. So, you know, if, if, as a parent, if you can get advice from another parent, it, it's gold, right? right? If you can find another person who has fostered to adopt or adopt, or or maybe it was a um, uh, a relative adoption. I, I don't can't think of the. I know the proper, what you're talking about. Uh, anyway, getting getting answers from anyone who's been through that, that's gold. And my encouragement would just be, you know, find people in your church, your community, people that you work with who have been through the process, ask questions, keep going back because quite honestly, they're not going to hold back. And um, they're not always going to just sugarcoat um, the answers for you because um, it like, like most things in life, they're a challenge and <laughs> I might be able to give you a little bit of, uh, insight on uh, what that's going to be. Not not that it's the cure, it's the uh, preparation. <laughs> no, I, I think that's good that way you said that, because I think a lot of times men don't go out. I know for my fact that Greta, you know, my wife, she, she's been on Facebook and she's talked to a lot of people. And, and me, I haven't really talked to, I mean, I've talked to you and a couple of people I know, but I haven't reached out to I don't know a lot of other adoptive dads beyond the circle that I have. And so my wife does. And I think that's one of the biggest issues that we as dads and as men face. We don't want to go out all the time and ask and show that we don't really have all the answers. And I think that's important that you said that because, you know, guys, it's a, you're, you're just as much a part of their life as the mom is. And I think sometimes it's overlooked. It's been great. Well, Mr. Lundeen, Pastor Lundeen, Minister Lundeen, whatever you want to be called. <laughs> 
Now, the question, the next question is your Christmas stuff up yet? I know you like to get started early. Uh, you know, uh, I am not allowed to put up anything Christmas till after Thanksgiving is over. So, um, nope, no, not yet. yet. I saw. In fact, what's crazy is like uh, talking about things that you do with your kids that are special. Uh, Hayden loves uh, decorating the front yard with all kinds of graveyards and skeletons and pumpkins and stuff like that. Our, our last week was so incredibly wet. It rained for four days straight. So the ground was still soft and it's about five forty-five the night of Halloween. And I'm like, Hayden, do you want to put something out before trick or treaters come? He's like, ah, dad, I don't know. And I was thinking maybe he had outgrown all this. Next thing I know, he's down in the John Deere room, bringing up buckets and totes full of stuff. I was like, dude, I don't care what you put out, but just remember, we got to clean it up in the morning. So. Well, yeah, that's always the key. My my kids want to do all that. You know, we're starting, we want to put up, my kids want inflatables for the house. And I just, I really <laughs> that. it looks like an inflatable during the day. It looks like you have trash all over your yard. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you are Mr. Decoration Extraordinaire and uh, one of the most organized men that I've ever known. <laughs> How many storage units do you have of stuff? You've got to have at least two. Uh, well, I mean, most of it's stuff that I use here at the church. So I have uh, a closet and a youth shed here and then my basement. So, Mr. Lundin, thank you for your time. And I appreciate You're it. Welcome. And we'll talk to you soon. Uh, do you have any uh, social media if you want to plug out there, if you have a, want to plug your social media? I don't actually. I don't. That's that because I knew you didn't. I just want to curious you. Anyway, uh, thank you, gentlemen, for listening today. And Les, thank you very much. We appreciate your right. answers. Have, Have a great day. one. Thanks for listening to the Adoptive Dad Playbook. Be sure to follow us on social media. 